This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how's it going? Doing good, Metcalf. Um, you know, Thursday, it's the NFL draft. So what better way than to get ready for that and kill some time than to talk about the NBA draft and, and the prospects. So I'm getting excited. How about yourself? I'm I'm fantastic. Uh, me, me and you have been talking about the, how much we get into the NFL draft and... And it's the second best day of the year for me. Uh, first, yes. obviously, being the NBA. Yes. Um, but as a Lions fan, you know, the, the the top of the draft is always a busy time of the night for me. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm rocking my Michigan gear, trying to single-handedly will Aiden Hutchinson to to the Lions. Um, but I, 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 it's just such a fun event really cool to see these guys, you know, really achieve their dreams and change their life. Um, and I'm just praying that the lions can finally add someone in the first round who is good. So, but alas, we are here to talk about the NBA draft and we're back at ma- back to making lists. Last time we did our top five rim protectors this episode, we're doing our top five off ball shooters. Um, I struggled a lot more compiling this top five than I thought I was uh, going into it because I I kind of interpret being a really high level off ball shooter as a mix of different things. It's being a good standstill shooter, being a good movement shooter, being a good off ball mover. And then if you get run off the line, can you do anything else after that? And, you know, those who don't, I think are quickly kind of getting phased out of the, out of the league while those who can, you know, they, they, they have a little bit more of an expanded role. So w- w- when you approached this, did you have any issues with it? Or h- how, how did you kind of view your top off-ball shooters? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, this was a different, kind of a difficult one. Um, because you, you really run through and you, you start listing some guys. And then you try, like, getting to a top five. And, and I want to do the same thing that we did yesterday, kind of like, I feel like I'm going to probably bring up a couple guys that might be outside the box, but I feel like it's, it's important to educate. You might have a different feeling with a lot of these guys. I think they can be up and down and yeah, off the ball shooting is becoming so important. Um, especially if you're a rookie and you can come in and kind of contribute right away where it's like, you can be a threat um, with the ball, not in your hands. Like you can do some damage away from the ball. So like guys can, keep being their creators you know if you're playing against or playing alongside like some elite creators or point guards and you can space the floor and then all of a sudden become like a consistent weapon like NBA teams are going to love that so 
Um, I was excited to do the rim protecting one. I, I think this is going to be a good little challenge. Like I'm excited to kind of yeah. talk to you about our list because we haven't shared our results. And I think this is going to be a fun exercise. And I also wanted to point out, like, I really think this category, like my feelings could change entirely in like three weeks. So it's just funny because I was doing it now and I was like, man, like I really could have like a, a completely different opinion in a couple of weeks. So it's, it's just welcome to draft season, folks. <laughs> yeah. In, in my list of honorable mentions, there are, you know, I, I have just six names down and all of them could have easily been in my top five. And while I was constructing this, many of them were, um, but let's just kind of dive into it. So at number five, who did you have? Um, I had a little bit, I guess you can call it a wild card, but I think this is going to be a guy that starts heating up a little bit more of a buzzing name in the draft process, but um, I absolutely love him. So I'm a little biased here, but uh, Williams out of state, he can do some special stuff um, on the court when it comes to just, you know, the way he plays the game is awesome, but he's he's a gifted shooter. He's a little bit of an underrated, underappreciated guy in this class. And I think some people might consider him as like a sleeper. But I think this is the name you got to watch out for. This is the one that's going to start heating up. I think start climbing up some boards and, um, you know, playing with Santa Clara this year. I don't think a lot of people had the, the spotlight on him. But if you turn on the tape to watch Jalen Williams, you quickly – get impressed and he does a lot of stuff on there he's got a beautiful stroke from outside um like one of those guys that he catches in the shooting pocket and does not need much time to get it up um pause so i mean i just have really really liked what he's done he can he can do some stuff off the bounce too but um just a really good like he's he can get takeover hot like nba jam mode and hit any shot on the floor he wants. And especially off catch and shoot. Um, I, I just really have liked what I've seen from Jalen Williams this year. I was buzzing on him in the beginning of the year. I wrote a piece at no NoSealingsNBA.com. See, we're back. Plug, plug city. Um, and I just finished doing my deep dive on him again. And, and I liked him even more. I, I was just like, oh my gosh, okay. I love this guy. So um, that's probably my hot take. I wanted to make sure to shed some spotlight on him with number five there. What about you, Metcalf? What do you think about Jalen? Yeah, and me, me and you talked about him a good amount um, earlier in the season. It's like, oh, this guy is interesting. Um, and, you know, I, I came across him or we came across him in different ways where I, there's someone you really trust kind of pointed you towards him. Right. I just saw him by just, you know, the the morning box scroll score. It's like, who is this dude who keeps putting up 20 plus points? It's like, hmm, okay, gonna have to check that out later. Um, but it's interesting that you brought him up here because when I think of him more, I get more, you know, excited about how he operates as a pick and roll ball handler. Right, right. Um, so I, I, I've yet to do my my final, you know, real deep dive on him. So I'm really excited to really hone in on that off-ball shooting, that off-ball movement. But more specifically, that shot preparation that you were talking about, because, you know, with with young young players, so often they just get ingrained with that exaggerated load up, the low dip. And, you know, it it's, adds a second, second and a half to their release. But in the NBA against NBA defenders and athletes, that's all the time you need. So when you come across these guys who are already 
used to having their hands high and ready and not having to reload and readjust, that's really important. So I'm really excited to go back and really focus on what he does off ball because in the NBA, that's probably where he's going to spend most of his time, especially coming from a lower school or a smaller program. You know, I I don't think NBA teams are going to be as eager to give him as much on ball duties as he had. It's it's the thing with him that really impressed me. Is like the pick and roll game really stands out with Jalen Williams because he's so smooth, so under control, so shifty. He just plays the game at his speed, and everyone he makes everyone come down to him. But that's like the the deeper you watch, you can really see like that also creates him away from the ball. Um, I think I saw something because like I kept saying, I was like, man, he can really be a spot up guy. Like I I'm very impressed with like. He just catches shoot from anyone. He doesn't care how people are smothering him. And, and it's a limited, smooth, just consistent shot from outside. And he can hit it from deep range. And I was like, man, he is he good in the spot up, like advanced flies? And I looked it up in Synergy. I think he's like 97th percentile. So, I mean, when you get up pretty that good. high, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, those are freakish numbers when you get that high. So, you know, 6'6", good size, knows how to play, like can, can score at multiple levels. Like, um, I, I just think exactly what you're saying Metcalf about this is going to be a guy that's lower lower school but so he's not going to come in and they're going to be like here's the ball go to work in the NBA they're going to be like no play off the ball learn how to kind of get your feet wet and he can do that that's this is something that he would thrive at is being like okay I'll play alongside him I got size and I can shoot the rock so um yeah I, I just wanted to make sure to give you know I did it with Keegan Murray yesterday thanks no one's called me out yet and um (laughs) I'm doing it with Jalen Williams today because Jalen Williams is a guy that I really do believe um, he's going to start buzzing with these pre-draft process and, and workouts. I really do believe that. Who'd right. you have? Who'd you have at, at five? Hit me at with number it. five. I had Ochai Baji. Oh um, wow, fifth. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I I I, re- I originally had him at like two or three. Um, just to run through some numbers, he was 83rd percentile in spot up and 76th percentile when he took it to the basket after uh, or out of spot up situations. He was in the 89th percentile shooting off the catch. What made me bump him down a couple spots was it, his 45th percentile in uh, shooting when running off screens. Um, you know that it's it's a fine number for college. That's basically average, um, but. The jump he took with his shooting this year was significant and meaningful and legitimate. Um, and one of the reasons, you know, I he may not be this pure knockdown shooter in the NBA that he was this year at Kansas, but the way he moves off the ball and the way he leverages that threat of the off-ball shooting also opens up so much for him attacking the rim or cutting back, back door or baseline and creating opportunities or easier opportunities for himself at the rim. So the the way that he uses or leverages this new, you know, this newfound shooting ability off ball to create easier off ball scoring opportunities for himself, I I think is really important, especially for the the role he's going to play. And he's someone that you can, you know, run off screens to set up jumpers on the wing. Um, but then you can, you know, feign those actions and have him cut backdoor for those backdoor lobs, and both are going to be almost just as effective. Yeah, I had I had Ochai at four. Um, Love it. 
he's this is his bread and butter is off the ball stuff um yeah. you know he's uh 83rd percentile spot up and 89th on catch and shoot so like he he's he moves really well away from the ball like we've seen the flashes of like even his ability as a cutter he, he's dangerous like that but what i love about ochai um and why i think he's gonna thrive as an off the ball shooter is just because he could he he can hit that off balance shot or he can get his feet set in a hurry like he has that erratic like he just looks out of control until he goes up and and right when he goes up it's just smooth and consistent and you're just like man this is like okay this guy would be tough to deal with uh, like guarding and running off screens and stuff like that so i think that's going to be important for him especially at the next level you know that's how you make your mark when you're a rookie, when you're coming in. And he's the older upperclassman that everyone apparently is cooling off on. And I don't understand why, because the dude can play. Well, but, uh, apparently guys who get a lot of points because of their jumper um, are scary. Yeah. Apparently shooting doesn't translate to the NBA. Um, apparently <laughs> that's not going to be a known thing, but Hey, we're having fun here, but no, I, I like Ochai a lot. I think the strengths of his game are going to be what can help him make an impact the quickest as a rookie. And, and this is, I mean, off the ball shooters, this is exactly what you want. Like he can shoot the cover off the ball. So yeah, I I like Ochai a lot. I'm one of those guys that every time you watch him, you leave, you're like, yep, that's just going to be a good player. And I don't know why people get cool. It's just, I hate age shame. I can't stand it. All right, so so you you said you had Ochai. At four. I had Ochai at four. What okay. about you? Um, I'll just jump into my number four then, yeah. and that is AJ Griffin. Who? Wow, your list is shocking me. You had him at four. Yeah. So it. Okay, I love this. So so the reason I didn't have him higher, and I, I know it feels absurd because he was in the ninety first percentile spotting up, ninety eighth percentile shooting off the catch. Or sorry, 98th percentile when shooting after running off screens and 95th percentile shooting off the catch. Those are absurd numbers. And I mean, his three-point percentage hovered around 50% for a lot of the year. He's a lethal shooter. My concern is what happens when he gets run off the line. And when he took it to the rim after spotting up, he was in the sixth percentile. Not ideal. Um, So... You know, I, I, I view all these really high-level off-ball shooters as guys who can obviously knock down jumpers off the catch and on movement, which AJ can, but then are they one-dimensional that they can do more than that when they get run off the line, or are they kind of lost in the woods when that happens? Um, and I think what AJ showed this year was a little hit or miss on that. He was pretty reliable with like one or two dribble pull-ups, pull-ups um, attacking closeouts. But to take it all the way to the rim and get an easy layup or something like that and to really counter um, the full defensive rotations, I was really underwhelmed by it, and the numbers back it up. Yeah, let's talk AJ for a while. Me and you haven't really – and we can get a little bit off of the off-ball shooting if we want, but we haven't really vented me and you about AJ. I feel like this is the one guy we haven't done this on the air. I agree with every single thing you just said about him. It, it, the The year was so freakish, yeah, that it's either going to be like this incredible development moving forward, or it's going to go the other way in a hurry. Um, 
like I, for one, I'm not worried about the shooting base for all the people no, out there same. that are freaking out. Like until it becomes a problem, I'm not worried about it. The same people were worried about the catapult shooting ability of Tyrese Halliburton, and that looks like it's going to work pretty well. So I'm not worried about that with AJ, but it, I like AJ because I just did my deep dive on him. And it's the one guy in my lottery that I left. And I was just like, Ugh. like, I, I was like, I wanted more. I get it. I, so I'm still a believer that AJ has way more ISO creation than a lot of people mm-hmm. realize. I think he does some special stuff. I think he's got serious shiftiness. That's like eye opening with what he can do to set up guys with his, his hesitations and shiftiness. But I'm like, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I think if his first look's not there, AJ could become a little bit of a driver. So yeah, I, I, this was this is a good puzzling one. Um, I had him higher on my list, but now that you bring this up, I'm like, damn it! See, here we go. This is exactly what I was talking about. Like, I, I already want to change my list. Yeah, I mean, and my, my my big thing with him is that. How how easy is he going to be able to defend? Um, and that's kind of what worries me. I'm with you in the camp that I think he has more on ball stuff than he was really allowed to show. And every yeah. time we talk about him, we you know you and I always reference that first Wake Forest matchup um, where he showed some nasty stuff, but all of it, you know, ended up in jumpers, and it wasn't his ability to kind of score on the interior and leverage his shooting to create easier chances at the rim. I I saw very little, if any of that. So I don't know if that's, you know, that very well could be the role he was asked to play or the role he was commanded to play. um, And that he has a lot more to his game or this is who he is. And, you know, the the reason he didn't show it was because it he doesn't have it in his bag. Um I, I want to lean more towards the optimistic overall. I still have him at ten. I know some people have him as like high as three. That is a lot for me. Um I yeah. can't get close to that. Um but I, I do think he has a little more to his game than what he was allowed to show at Duke. But you know it's the is the grass always greener? type of situation i feel like he's gonna be an iso guy that you kind of feed and and he's gonna use his his frame a lot better at the nba level to to create and stuff but i do think the off the ball stuff where it's like he's spacing the floor and you can also drive and kick or you can throw it to him like near the end of a shot clock he will still be able to be a dangerous weapon with that because he also has some serious range from you know beyond nba range so I believe in him as an off-the-ball shooter when it comes to that point. Um, yeah, this is a good one. Because now that I'm talking it out with you, I'm kind of like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have had him as high on my list. But yeah, we can move on. Um, oh, so so w- w- where did you have him? I had him second. Wow, okay. Um, no, I, th- th- that makes sense because I'm the the raw numbers and like the percentile rankings are absurd. Yeah. It's just my... my and I, the, you know, this may just be how I personally view off-ball shooting. Um, I, you know, and then I, I think there's kind of a sub-tier to under that is, you know, what ha- what do you do once you get run off the line? Um, and that's really the only area with him that I'm concerned about. So, you know, I, I don't want fourth in this draft or, you know, 
fourth my ranking of four of him to come off as a negative or that I'm really off down on him because I do like him as a player. I fully buy into the shooting. It was absurd this year. And I think it's real. Um, I'm just a little hesitant to fully buy in that. He's more than just a one dimensional player in that specific realm. Well, I feel like AJ also is good at like relocation and stuff. Yeah. Like he, He's good at like driving, kicking, then knowing right away, like yep. where's the proper place to space. So that's also something important to factor into off the ball shooting is like understanding the Agreed. spacing on the floor. So maybe that also pushes the needle back a little bit forward of like having the floor awareness to go up. So, um, but this is a good one. Cause I'm now I'm happy that we talked it out. Cause that's making me think about something else um, that I wasn't really thinking about before. Cause you know, I'm still puzzling about how you brought up Zach Eady yesterday's podcast. <laughs> um where are we at for you you're up next right no no so that was my four who do you have at three um i feel like this might catch you off guard i had Jaden hardy oh he was in my honorable mentions i have Jaden hardy at three um i love love it yeah this is my guy um now I know he had some some bad buzz throughout the year. Everyone's mock drafts are, excuse me, folks, if you're listening, because I'm about to swear. Everyone's mock drafts are all over the fucking place when it comes to Jaden Hardy. But I still think someone should take him in the lottery. And this is why. And this is why I have him third on my list. The G League put him in a, in a spot. I've said this multiple times. They put him in a spot. They wanted him to develop sort of a weakness in his game. They wanted him to be a primary ball handler, have to make reads, develop develop him as a prospect, get him ready mm-hmm. for the NBA. The second half of the year, they started letting Jaden Hardy do what Jaden Hardy is best at, which was running off screens, um, catch and shoot, off the ball stuff. And some NBA team's going to draft him and say, it is time to let you do what you do. And they're just going to say, you're going to play and, and we want you running off everything and you're going to shoot the lights out. And I think that's where he's going to really like shock people. He's going to start clicking because the dude can shoot the crap out of the ball. He's got scary range. Um, everyone's going to point at like the efficiency numbers and I'm like, stop it. I watched the same stuff, but I also watched what he looked like when he was running off screens and how comfortable and confident he was, which is because he was, that's what he was doing in high school. So. Um, I know like some people might be a little crazy about this, but I, I feel great about Jaden Hardy as an off the ball shooter. Like I even, after we just talked that out, I was like, man, I, I would potentially switch him and AJ and feel good about it. Cause I think that highly about Hardy, like coming off screens, coming, he's just a very dangerous asset away from the ball. He's also a guy that a guy could drive and he's a kickout guy that just I'm six feet beyond the arc. And this is my range. Like he's, he's lethal. So, um, yeah, that's where that's where I'm at with Hardy. I I like that you had him as an honorable mention, and I like that I had him in my top five because yeah. that makes that means we're talking about more guys. Yeah, and you know the, he he was one of those guys that really made this difficult for me. Um, yeah, and I, I I just finished my real thorough final deep dive on him today. Oh, um, are you buying? I saw your tweet, but are you are you back in? So I I have him. I have him. One at of us. One of us. Uh, <laughs> So I I have him at 19. Um, okay, that's so really anywhere in the, like that late lottery to 
20 range that basically mid first round um i i think would make a lot of sense and i'd be intrigued on um but what really stood out to me was how good he was moving off ball and yes the, the variety of screens he ran off of and his ability to relocate and his change of pace when running off screens um and just how consistent his shooting form was when he shot off the catch um whether a standstill or movement it was really fluid is really consistent good elevation great release point and it was like oh okay this this is who he is it's not it it look his i thought his form looked significantly better off the catch than off the dribble um or maybe not necessarily better but more way more consistent um and being able to play that role right away I think it's going to be really important. And he constantly showed different looks when running off screens where sometimes he would flare out to the corner. He would really read where his defender was trailing him or trying to go over the screen and adjust his route accordingly, or he would curl off the screen and cut towards the hoop. Um, so that, that stuff I thought was really, really fascinating. Um, the the only reason he kind of just missed out was just the, the, the lack of the consistency all yeah. season. Um but I, I think he gets there. Like I, I'm definitely buying the shot long term. And I, you know, if he shot, I, if I was an NBA team, I wouldn't look at his low thirty percent or whatever it was. I, I don't know off the top of my head from three, and that wouldn't really turn me off because of the types of shots he was taking and how much better he got as the season went on. Yeah, I mean, um, I just love Hardy because. I understood what he was going to go through all this year. And when, when you get a guy like that, that's preseason getting hype is like, can he give a run for number one? And then all of a sudden he goes to the G league and doesn't have a strong first couple of months. And everyone's like, this guy sucks. And it's like, no, <laughs> you have to realize the jump they're taking. It, it is a credible jump. Like the same people were thinking Kaminga was going to be the biggest bust ever. And now everyone wants Kaminga to be on their team or, you know, Jalen green and stuff like that. But um, Hardy, I just still like, my last point on him, because I'm sure we're going to do some some podcasts in the near or the future where we're going to talk very deeply about everyone. But um, the last thing I'll say is like the beginning of the year, they put the ball in his hands to be this this ball handler and, and to develop him. And you could tell right away he was like he was basically in a Freddy Krueger nightmare. Like he played um, the Iowa uh, Wolves. And Leandro Balmaro, shout out Metcalf. Yeah, there he, you go. There's he, a, he, he ruined his night. He literally gave him it, it ruined his life. It was the <laughs> worst experience. Like it was like the second quarter, and I swear Hardy was like, "Get me out of here!" Like what? I don't know what to do because it was just like a nightmare. And the second half of the year, he was finally confident as a, a decision maker with the ball in his mm-hmm. hands. But then they start. So it was like, that was confident, but then they were running him off screen. So it was just like, he was oozing with confidence. And that's where you could see like, he's, he was really clicking, really feeling himself. So um, yeah, I, that's why I'm, I'm believing he will be one of the top off the ball shooters from this class. That's why I had him at three, but um, are you at three well, now? Uh, yes. So yes. I, I will be pretty stunned if you have this guy, um, I'm oh, going with, with it. I'm going with Tevin Brown from Murray State. Wow, good. I, this was on my honorable mention. So good. Love I it. love me some Tevin. So 
his percentile rankings aren't as impressive necessarily, and they're still really absurd. Um, but as some of these other guys we've talked about, but I think that's more so due to volume. And, and he's 84th percentile shooting off the catch, 85th percentile in spot ups, 74th percentile shooting off screens. Um, but what really made me bump him this high was that. 28.8% of his possessions were him running off screens. And the fact that he, it was easily his most used uh, type of possession and he still ranked that highly in it. Um, it's like, holy hell, this dude's got some shooting chops. And I just, I love the way he relocates. He, the way he runs off screens is really just smart and mature. Um, he, just constantly loses his guys on screens because he runs so tightly off them and then sees them try to go over and then he veers back towards the corner and they have, you know, now 10 to 15 feet to try to make up and they have no chance. So just his, his spatial awareness, his ability to use screens, the change of pace, the quick release, the constant movement energy. I, I absolutely love him as an off ball shooter. He's one of those guys that the more I watch, the more I'm like, this is going to be a little bit of a nice sleeper. Someone, yeah. someone might get a real piece that could stick. And I'm not saying he's going to be like this, the starter for a team, but he might be a really nice like rotation asset. Yep. Um, I, I like it. The point you brought up about him coming off screens and stuff is, is spot on. I love, he's really good with setting up people really good and strategic with, you know, like you're saying the quick release, stuff like that. Like, He's got a lot of numbers in some important categories when you look at the synergy numbers that are, are really good. Like 80, we've talked about this before in college, guys. When you get above 60%, that's solid. When you get even higher than that, you're really making some noise. And he yeah. has a lot of categories that you're even just mentioning and some other ones, like 80 percentile and up. And you're like, okay, like those are big numbers. Those will get you to stick. So um, that's a good one. I, I was not ready for that i had him as my honorable um but that's a very good one i like that cool so at number are we on to your number two yeah so i had aj at two and then who'd you have all right um may surprise you again um i'm going with gabriel pachita stop it (laughs) did you are you pulling a keegan murray on me are you pulling my own joke (laughs) no i'm 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 Telling the truth and I love this. and educating our listeners um, because Gabriel Perchita is easily the best international prospect in this class, uh, excluding Dyson Daniels. I don't consider him as an international guy. Um, I, I think he is a lethal shooter, um, but then he also has the athleticism, ball handling, and kind of creation ability to attack closeouts and create step back pull ups or get to the rim and dunk on guys. Um, I I'm just such a huge fan of his off-ball scoring game. Um, and I, I really think that he's going to be a massive steal in this draft. I have like five or six more guys before, but Prochita's on my list to do deep dives. But I try to give those international guys a little bit more time because some of them are still finishing up their mm-hmm. season. Some of them have postseason plays, stuff like that. So I try to always milk it out because I don't want to cut corners. That's not what we do at no ceilings, NBA.com. Um, have you done another, cause you were really high on them at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. I loved them. Like I saw them in the beginning of the year and I was like, I circled it right away. And then no ceilings, like someone in the group chat, it might've even been you. Um, 
you brought him up and I was like, yeah. And then you watched him deep and you were like in love. And then you, you wrote an awesome piece about him. Have you, have you gone back? Have you watched um, again? Cause I'm, I'm really excited to do it. I just wanted, cause he's, he's plays limited minutes. Mm-hmm. So with those guys, you want to give as much sample size as you can before you, yeah. you take in the full um, punch, but have you done any, any more? Cause so I, I love them. Yeah. I still need to go back and revisit like his last like three or four games of the season. Yeah. Um, but you're, but I, you're I've pretty seen, close. Yeah. I've seen everything else up to that. So it's like, I, I haven't dove in in like the last month, but I, I stayed pretty consistent with it. And just a, after I did that first film dive for that piece I wrote on him, um, it's like, oh, this, this dude's just fun to watch. And it's not even like, oh, I have to go grind tape for this guy just to get my scouting report finished or finalized on him. It's like, oh, yes, I get to go watch tape on this guy. Like, God, yes. It's, it's one of those guys that you, you get excited about. And just the the variety of shots, whether it's standstill, whether it's movement, step backs off the dribble, it's just, it's all deadly. And the fact that I keep seeing him mocked in the 50s makes absolutely no sense to me yeah so i i literally was gonna say let's let's talk about this because it's driving me a little crazy um that it's a it's happening so much with some of these mainstream guys that it's like he's probably going to be top five on when i start doing my intel dive with some guys around Mm -hmm. the league that and and in the industry that i trust that's probably gonna be one of the first guys i bring up and be like why what's going on why what was this because you watch him and I'm like, this is a dude that will stick and will be a unreal nice weapon um, for a team because he's six seven. He, I know he's listed at like two hundred, but you look at his frame and he's like all muscle that looks like mm-hmm. he if he puts on fifteen pounds at least, like he's gonna be a, a asshole to yeah. deal with and. and um, like focusing on his off the ball shooting, he runs off screens. He's, he's got a beautiful jump shot, beautiful stroke from outside. Um, and then like, you know, if we're talking about off the ball scoring, like he, he's a dangerous cutter. He, he's got athleticism to dunk on people. So you don't, I'm like you, he's one of the more enjoyable films you'll watch. And it's been just so strange that he hasn't gotten more love because I'm like a six, seven shooter with pop. Um, it's and, and I watched him defensively, and it's not like I'm like this guy's never going to be able to guard anyone. He just looks no. like a, a young kid that's yeah. still figuring it out. So um, I don't know. I, I'm like you. I, I love him. Um, yeah, and the, the the whenever I think about his, you know, his scoring, the the one clip that always stands out or just lives in my brain is is he went from left corner to right corner, ran off a baseline screen. Um, saw his defender go over the screen. So he sunk down into the right corner, got the pass shot, fake or jab step shot, fake kind of combo uh, defender flies by, he spins back and hits a fadeaway. Um, it was just fluid. It was smooth. It looked like something he had done a million times in the gym in practice. And it's like, I, I just, I don't get what's holding people up um, from buying in. Like you said, because, everything that he shows is like, okay, this is a dude. And maybe it's the limited minutes. Maybe it's the age. Maybe it's just people haven't gotten around to a lot, some of the international guys yet, but it, it just really confuses me. He's not this person at all, but I'm saying like 
he's had some flashes off the dribble where it's like creating that little fadeaway where it, I was like, that's, that's literally a clay Thompson move right mm. there. Like it, it looked just like him. And I'm not saying he's clay Thompson at all. Mm. I'm just saying like, he has that little, it's not like super fast burst off the dribble, but he also has that like creation to come back with some hesitations where you're like, that's an eight year NBA veteran move. Like, and you're pulling that off as a young kid. So yeah. Well, um, he, he also has like that lower body, like strength and load up where mm-hmm. yes, that, that's similar to clay where when you know, clay hits those mid-range step backs you know he's not this otherworldly space creator but he has such strong legs that when he plants that right foot and launches back you know he's creating four or five feet of space and defender has no chance so even though it's not this flashy ball handling creation Pritchett has a bit of that to his game but it's that just how powerful his legs are we obviously see it in the vertical pop at the rim but that ability to generate significant space on the step backs off of just one foot is like oh my god yeah and his release isn't clay it's like speed wise no 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 um i might call him euro clay from now on so yeah and bogdanovich is the guy that i i keep going back to it's a good one it's a that's a great comparison and it's not just because they're both international guys but it's just kind of (laughs) similar vibes um I'm up. I'm up at one. Okay. Uh, yeah, because you said AJ was your two, correct? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So who who do you got at one? I got Jabari. Yeah, same. Uh, I mean, how can you watch college basketball or draft film this year and not think Jabari Smith is is probably the best off the ball <laughs> scorer? Um, he's fascinating to me because there's there's two directions Jabari Smith can go. Is he could keep doing this that he just showed it uh, that he can do at Auburn when it comes to his, like, you know, he's, he has some shots that I'm like, that's a terrible shot. And then it's just like bottom of the net. I'm like, that's a great shot. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like six ten with the high release. Like he, he takes shots with people smothering them and it doesn't yeah. even look like they're on the court. Um, so there's, there's two ways it could go. He could keep doing that at the next level. And if he does that, the world's going to be on fire. And then if he unlocks the rest of his game, that is a horrifying basketball player. Um, or he could struggle to get his shot to fall. And then that thing's going to be a very interesting conversation in a hurry. But I, I did my deep dive on Jabari. I, I like him. I understand everyone's loving him. He has some special stuff. And it, it was just – it's remarkable – how many tough shots yeah. he made look so easy. Um, like that's why I feel like he's closer to Durant than Chet. Like oh, God, people yeah. saying like Chet Durant. And I'm like, no, Jabari's closer to Durant than Chet. And and Jabari does not have the handles that right. Durant has, but he has that ability to be a tough shot maker and and especially catch and shoot. You throw it out to him anywhere and he's just ready to to launch so um yeah i mean i just i couldn't have him not one i was like yeah. this is too obvious for me what about yeah. you yeah he, he he was my number one as well and i the shot looks the exact same every single time and yeah it's perfect mechanics I and mean, he's what six ten six ten releasing it at the absolute apex of his jumper it's unguardable um it's consistent he's completely unfazed by defenders it's 
I and mean, so just to run through some numbers here, I and mean, he's in the 94th percentile in, when spotting up. Uh, he was in the 84th percentile overall shooting off the catch and the 100th percentile uh, shooting off the catch when left open and the 75th percentile when running off screens. Um, that last number shocked me. I, I I know Stephen Gillespie was talking about how good of a movement shooter he was the other day, and that was kind of something I forgot about. And the fact that he's that size and that effective when moving off screens is like holy hell like what what are you going to do with this guy as a shooter um and i i know people are concerned about the the two-point percentage and you know his ability to create his own shot and stuff i am too and that's probably the one reason why i don't have him at number or you know one of the reasons i don't have him number one overall but if he's being used as your second guy and playing alongside competent guards or competent creators, he has all of the tools to be just an absolutely absolute monster. The movement shooting definitely stands out to me. Um, I, I keep saying, and I never really throw this name around ever because I have him in such high regard, but um, offensively without the low post package, Okay. Did everyone hear that? <laughs> Offensively without the low post package. He he looks like a young version of Garnett yeah. or of Kevin of KG when with some of the stuff he does with that little he he'll catch and shoot and a guy will be over aggressive and he takes that like one side dribble pull up and I'm like that, this, I've seen KG do that five million times. I know exactly mm-hmm. that shot. It's the closest thing I've seen to it. So um but your point I, I love this because um, I this is why I can't get over the idea of Houston taking him because if 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 they had Jalen Green and, and Jabari as like the number two spacing the floor or being like a mid range guy I mean that just screams offensive insanity like it seems awesome I understand the idea of that um, but I also think that's why it's he's going to be intriguing for any of those teams that end up in the top three because. If he's going to be this crazy floor spacer that all of a sudden is just waiting to unlock these mid-range or low post tools and lock unlock the handles, like that's why Jabari is so dangerous. So, um, yeah, the movement shooting, the the off the ball stuff, where it's like he could just spot up, especially the transition. I mean, the guy in the transition is unbelievable because oh, yeah. guards just throw him little handoffs and he's ten feet beyond the arc and it looks like it's a fifteen footer. It's just unbelievable. So, um. Yeah, I get it. I, 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 I'm that's very excited. That's fascinating that you want him to land in Houston because I, I just keep fantasizing about him playing with Cade. And yeah, that would that would be my favorite. Um, just, but I think Cade, both of them Cade, would be Cade great. Would set him up, yeah, constantly. And the the way that Cade just controls the game, it would be initiator play that I don't think Jabari has ever played with, and he would feast just the, the, the pick and pops, um, just the driving kicks, just all of it. I, I think Jabari would, Oh my God. I think he would thrive playing alongside Kate as almost anyone who can make a jumper will. Cade, Cade and him would be a blast because it would be big guys that a like Cade's I'm not saying Jalen Green's not aware, but Cade's like, playmaking he wouldn't understand how to feed jabari and put him in spots 
but and K could you know but I just the the Jalen and Jabari idea I can't get over I don't know why it's like lurking in the back of my head where I'm like I could see Houston just being like yeah wait this would be great because I mean Shingun also being next to Jabari sounds really fun um but like if if Jalen and Jabari were together then you have some lethal scary athleticism you also got to deal with where if they're running pick and pops or um if you if you're coming out too far on Jalen and then Jalen can drive and dunk on anyone or Jalen can drive and kick to Jabari or vice versa. That just sounds fun. But I, I do think like Houston and Detroit are probably the two teams I'm rooting for Jabari to go to right now. Um, I'm sorry, Thunder fans. I love you, but <laughs> like, I think Jabari would fit great there. He would fit great in OKC. And what am I talking I, about? I, I think he would pretty much fit great anywhere he's he's we've said this before he's probably going to be the most effortless transition like he's going to fit wherever he goes they're going to figure it out um so yeah i didn't want to rant too long about safari (laughs) but um who you got for some honorables hit me me yeah um so so Jaden hardy was there um christian brown was one but the the inconsistency and kind of the fluctuation in his overall percentage these last two years uh kept him off um turquavion smith is nasty uh, shooting off the catch but he doesn't do a whole lot of movement off ball so it's just a lot of standstill stuff um had to shout out my boy tyler burton um yeah that's me (laughs) For everyone that's listening for the first time, my middle name's Burton, Tyler Burton. <laughs> that's why I'm going to get his jersey whenever he gets drafted or signed somewhere. Um, I he, huge fan of him and the fact that he was this consistent as a shooter off the catch. Um, but again, not 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 a ton of movement. Prince uh, Williams was close, and then Hyung Jung Lee, um, also definitely very close uh my my only concern with him is what happens when he gets run off the line um i i love how he moves and his you know improv ability to you know cut or flare out to the arc uh based on how the defense is positioned i think is incredibly smart um and consistent and deadly and all that and i do like him as a passer but just the the lack of athleticism um and ability to kind of get to the rim or do anything when you know, of major significance when just run off the line. I just get a little hesitant about, and that's, that's why he just missed a cut. What about you? Who'd you have? Um, yeah. I, you said everything I want to say about Hyung Jung. So I'm going to keep that with you. Um, not going to try to piss off anybody on our no ceilings team. That's <laughs> specifically very high on Hyung Jung. Cause I love the guy on our team that it likes him. Um, Keon Ellis, I had as an honorable yep. mention. Um, he could get really lethal hot from outside. I still think that could be a guy that kind of either goes late and lights up summer league or something. But I, I, I liked Keon Ellis at, at Bama. Um, Turkavion, I had there too. I had Christian Braun too. Um, I had Tevin Brown, who was another one I was just thinking of. And then I have a wild card for you that might oh, draw some it. debate. Um, I did have Tyler Burton, um, because I just love him. You know what? I, I have one that I almost snuck into my top five that I know he, I don't think he rates great, but I think he's a good 
Yeah, he doesn't rate great, but I think he, I think he's a good off the ball shooter. Is uh, Benedict Matherin? I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, I, I really he think was, he was originally in my five, and then when I was like, all right, let let, let me just go back, double check the numbers, and it was oddly underwhelming. It's really weird. I, I've I've tracked it all year because it's one of these situations in which. The, the numbers don't back up what you're seeing. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it's just because of efficiency or stuff, but like I, I every time I've watched Matherin religiously all year, um, like everyone, why, why, I don't know why I just said that. I've watched <laughs> everyone religiously. I have no life. Um, and he does some really special stuff off the ball. Like they run him to death off screens away from yeah. the ball, like inbounding the ball. He runs all the way. If you watch, he had a game in Vegas against Colorado. It was either Colorado or Stanford. And they had, took an out-of-bounds play on the baseline. And he started at, like, the left wing. Or, no, he started at the left block and ran, like, a big circle all the way to the right corner and hit, like, a on-the-move with all of his momentum going out-of-bounds, like, three. Or he might have been a jumper, but... I was like, oh my gosh, he had to run so damn far. And yeah. I've seen that like 15 times this year from, but they just did some stuff where like he was in transition. They would always hit him in spot ups. He'd run off of down cuts or just all over the place. So it, it's funny because you see that and then you're like, oh man, he must be one of, you go check like the analytics mm-hmm. and advanced numbers to kind of back it up. And then you get to the point of like, wait, what? It doesn't, it, and then you like, question yourself and go watch more film. And then you're like, why doesn't the numbers back up? So um, I wanted to make sure to point him out because I wanted to have him in my top five, but I also was like, this is the honorable mention. I wanted to make sure to mention because uh, it's just really interesting with him. Like the spot ups, you you would think he was a threat all year as a spot up guy, 56th percentile. Um, Yeah. And it's stuff that's, it's good. Um, yeah, but like when, when we're running through the stuff, you know, the numbers on these other guys, it's kind of pales in comparison. But when, when I just did my, you know, initial, you know, what are the first five names to come to mind? He was on that list. Um, so I, I'm really and he probably should have still been there, because when you describe the way that they used him and the types of shots that he took, I think the level of difficulty of movement shot shooting and off ball shooting and just the the difficulty of the attempts he took is probably a lot higher than some of these other guys. Um, so, I, you know, I, I do think he's going to be an awesome off-ball scorer, and I thought this year he did a much better job of leveraging that shot to create opportunities at the rim for himself as well. Um, so it, it, it was weird because I, I when, when I think of off-ball shooting, he's one of the first five names that comes to mind. Yes. But the, the the fact that the numbers didn't directly back that up just really kind of threw me through a loop. It's funny because you look at some categories that usually like go hand in hand and he's strong in those, but weak in the other ones. Like um, he's 86th percentile as a cutter um, mm-hmm. or on cuts. He's 99th percentile on putbacks, which is still my favorite stat of any guard in this class. And then, like, those usually would pair well with other stuff. But, like, catch and shoot, he's 50%. And you're like, what? Like, 50, 50 percentile. Um, it's just strange. It, it, it really is. Because, like, the more I watched him all year, I was like, man, I love – every time I watch Mastering, that guy just can 
can score in a number of different ways. Yeah. And then you go look at the advanced numbers. You're like, what's going on? Does like, does, uh, do they have like, does he have blackmail on everyone at synergy? Like what's going on? Why, why are they not like rewarding him with their correct numbers? So, um, he's funny because it, like, if you didn't look at any numbers, I would probably like, I was going to put Matherin in my top five mm-hmm. for this podcast, but, um, I also just wanted to shine some light on Jalen Williams because he has the numbers that also back up. And Jalen Williams just, he really does do some impressive stuff away from the ball. But yeah, the Matherin one's very, but the point I wanted to bring up also is you, you hit it perfect. I think they made him take some really difficult shots. Um, So maybe that's why, and maybe he's not going to take as many difficult shots early on in his NBA career. And those numbers will skyrocket or, you know, Maybe it's going to be life's going to be easier because he's going to be like, holy crap, I have all this room now to not do all this crazy stuff. Yeah, it, it's it still just confusing me and it, it bothers me because I feel like he should be in that top five. But um, I, I'm really glad that you mentioned him because he's definitely worth talking about in this category. Uh, Rucker, anything else you want to cover with these guys? You know, um, let me let me look. Um I feel like I'm like, I, I just kept getting prepared for this. I feel like I'm not, I feel like Wendell Moore is like a weird, like I know you're not a Wendell Moore guy, but I feel like yeah. I kept looking at numbers and seeing him on stuff. And I was like, really? And then I, I maybe it's just. Um, I, I think his like catch and shoot and spot up numbers were pretty good this year. Is Branham sort of, lurking in this category so i i originally thought about him because his catch and shoot numbers are ridiculous i think he's in like the 95th percentile oh um, don't early early like on open ones um i i think he's nasty shooting off the catch but a lot of it is standstill and i i think the way that he'll be used more um is going to be more as an on-ball guy um so i the 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 reason I didn't put him in was the lack of kind of movement shooting. Um, I don't think he ran off a ton of screens. Um, and, w- and when he did, it was kind of to set up a pick and roll for, you know, between yes. him, him and Bell and to, to, to shift the balance of the defense, not necessarily to create a jumper off the catch. So I, I think the standstill catch and shoot numbers are pretty ridiculous with him, um, which, you know, is obviously super encouraging. Branham's funny because I'm not trying to like puff my chest here, but I did my deep dive on him. I think before most of the guys at no ceilings and I brought it up for everyone listening. I brought it up to the group chat and I was just like, boys, we need to have a talk about Branham. This dude is probably going to be a lottery pick easily. And then now it seems like everyone of the no ceilings crew has done their dive and everyone's like, way more aggressive than i was and i was like oh my gosh i thought i was aggressive but you could look at his numbers and they're like advanced number porn yeah um overall offense 87th percentile spot up 82nd iso 90 um pnr he is 94th yeah um catch and shoot 89 short jumpers 87 and long jumpers 89 so yeah i mean He's just, I love him, but that's the one I'm, I, I get it. Cause he's the, he's a pick and roll monster, but for everyone listening, it's like, 
that's exactly what the NBA is all about is pick mm-hmm. and roll stuff. So, yeah. So uh, and I, I have him at nine overall. The reason the reason I didn't include him in this list, I 95th percentile shooting on open catch and shoots and, but 39th percentile when guarded. Yeah. Um, I, and then it's weird ran, too. Yeah. The, the off screen stuff was only seven and a half percent of the time in 31st percentile. So it's just not what his game is. Um, but like last summer when I was doing the high school stuff and prep for this year, he stood out to me as like a guy like, Oh, this is, interesting but by no means did i think oh this is a guy i'm gonna have top 10 yeah come draft time i was you know oh this is a guy to keep an eye on for two you know two years down the line and how quickly he just skyrocketed is you know it's a testament to how good he is um just curious where, where do you have him um i haven't I haven't finalized my stuff, like, but I've got him late, around. Late lotto? No, I've or got him around mid-first. twelve, okay. and um, like telling you right now, I, I I'm probably gonna move him to ten. Um, yeah. I'm feeling pretty good about my top six, but there's some guys that are really making some storm from uh, lotto late lotto on right now on my board. There's a lot of change going to happen and I'm feeling really good about it. I'm going to get a little aggressive and a little crazy this year because screw it. I've done, I've watched the most film I have and I, I just, my eyeballs are unbelievably heavy these days. So, and they're only going to get heavier, but yeah. So um, I think I, I really do think he's a top 10 guy. Uh, I, that dude can, can fucking play. I, I'm telling <laughs> you, like someone's going to get a, a, a real talent. So I love him. Um, I'm stalling because we, I gave you like three answers for what's the best thing I've seen in the basketball world last night. So I'm trying to kind of like think of a new one. Oh, I got one. I got one. Um, Jake Lehman giving the zero. And they said, how many minutes are you going to get tonight? And he gave the zero. That was the fa- That was my favorite thing I've seen. Uh, what about you, McCaff? Jake Lemon's the best. Yeah, I love yeah, him. Um, I love him. <laughs> and, so, and it's tough because we just did this last night. Um, I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I'll stall a little bit. Um, so I, I think I'm going to go with what I'm writing about for tomorrow, and that's Jaden Hardy, Jaden Hardy's interior passing. Um, you write about Hardy for tomorrow? Yes, sir. I didn't know this. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> So, I'm gonna I'm gonna promote the shit out of that piece <laughs> tomorrow. Everyone, you better be ready for a hellish day on social media. I'm gonna be bringing heat with that. I'm gonna yeah, make a so video it, for it. it. It's not all good, but no, the, the, don't. The, the, never mind. The, I take it all back. That, but but the the two man game he runs, his ability to kind of change angles and find find guys once he gets in the paint. Um, is really impressive, and I, I, long term, I think there are some just real serious passing chops there. Not not as you know your main initiator, but as a secondary guy who can use his gravity to really set up teammates when you know they cut or roll to the rim for just super easy baskets. I was blown away at the strides he took this year, and I think people are taking way. I understand why, but I think people are focusing on the high turnovers in the beginning of the year way too much because they were trying to get him to this point. And if you watched him in the second half of the year, he made some gorgeous reads, like some yeah. beautiful passes. There's vision. There's legit stuff there. 
Um, and if he hits, I hope everyone just shuts up about the G League process and just realizes they know what the hell they're doing. So that's all I had to say. I had to get angry at one point in this thing. Um, well, Rucker, tell the people where they can find you, where they can support you. Uh, tonight, you'll find me on my couch, and I'm going to be watching NFL for uh, football for the first time <laughs> all year. I'm going to be focusing pretty much on a different draft. No, but uh, I'm at NoSeelingsNBA.com. Thank you guys always for listening. The support, like I, I've said this before, unreal. the support has been unreal. It's literally what makes me and Metcalf so excited to do these and our entire No Ceilings crew, like, all the support you guys give us, we we love it. It it makes our week. So thank you guys as always, Metcalf. Thanks for doing it, and good luck tonight. Good luck to your D- Detroit Lions. Well, you know what they say about hope. But once again, I am Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find all of our written work. You 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 know by now. No ceilings nba.com. <laughs> it's free. Subscribe. Do it. No excuses not to. Twitter at, at no ceilings nba. YouTube no ceilings tv again completely free and probably the best way to support us is just by subscribing to our youtube uh we got just awesome stuff coming out really consistently all the way up to the draft if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to subscribe leave a review and a five-star rating till next time see ya